Welcome back, everybody. I'm having a fun pre-chat with Gregory Zarian. Uh, we're talking about the uh, movie that was just released, the 86 Melrose, which I want you to check out. Please go right below this video, open it up, and take a look. Uh, I didn't see the whole uh, movie. I saw some previews. It's intense. I think everybody definitely needs to check it out. And it kind of del delves into some of the things that, uh, Greg, I wanted to talk to you about in terms of mental health. So uh, welcome to the program, first of all, Greg. Good morning. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I am doing well. It's it's a crazy uh, Tuesday, which feels like a Monday. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of rolling with it as best we can from, <laughs> from one commitment to another. Life is good. Um, it, beautiful background. Uh, it's, this, this is a really nice uh, place. It, it feels very serene to me. Uh, it is very serene. It is where I spent most of COVID. So it's, it's my house and very, very lucky that I got to, uh, you know, it's very empathetic when I heard people, especially some of my dearest friends are in New York City and they are in this yeah. space. And I kept on saying, come see me. Oh, you can't. You know, like I have a great guest house and I am very, very fortunate to live here. So I was lucky to spend a lot of uh, shutdown outside and uh, super, super grateful. So please, Alan, come come visit. Come see me. I have a guest house. The world is open. And um, you said you have a puppy. I have a new puppy. Let's uh, let the puppies unite and um, we'll watch that play and we'll catch up. Sounds good. That's uh, that's fun for me. Next uh, show with Greg we're doing from L.A. Um, perfect. Well, I, I'm in Chicago, so, uh, I'm, I'm a little, you know, lucky in that case, again, comparing to our New York, uh, friends where I have a house, I have a backyard and, uh, we're in a neighborhood where we didn't have to get, just stay at home. We had to wear masks, but we could still go outside and there's plenty of space, uh, you know, with the parks right around us. So it was, it was better. Uh, I didn't feel cooped up. My parents, uh, you know, who are in their 80s, they are living in, in a kind of a one bedroom and they couldn't go anywhere and they couldn't see us. So that was a lot harder for them. And uh, they've learned a lot about Zoom and GoToMeeting during that time. Yeah. No, and can I say something though that I don't, I think that's, you know, I, you know, as you said about the movie PTSD and mental health and everything, you know, a year ago, last March, everybody was in, I call it the global car crash. You know, we yeah. we all had to stop. We all had to live our lives differently. And, you know, be it in a one room like your parents had, which a lot of people that I know, yeah. be it in relationships or single, <clears throat> at the encounter, there was a PTSD in that, you know, for me to live in my house. And I'm in a great relationship. And there's PTSD in that. My twin brother lives on his own. You know, so we... I feel we were all given this great gift to see who we are outside of living out and also who we are in regards to our relationships and relating. And, you know, it as much as, you know, the, the movie is very um, ran in tandem with me in regards to life. You know, we are, the movie's about an ex-Marine that storms an art gallery, 86 Melrose Avenue, and he is suffering from a PTSD break and he takes on one of 10 hostages. And in that moment, boom, guy waving a gun, telling all of us to get down, my life changed. My character's life changed. You know, 
hey, don't leave your house, wear a mask, my life changed. So it was very, uh, it's very much in tandem in regards to and in relationship to what happened in the movie and to where we are in our world and in the world. What do you do when something happens just like that? How do you navigate? Do you, do you stay focused on yourself? Do you reach out and see how someone is? And that's what I find the beauty of this movie and how poignant it is. Ten strangers are shoved into a intense situation. And the bottom line is, I want to live. I don't want to die. I don't want to. And I also want to be there because you then become this pack of survivors hoping to survive. And I believe and I feel that's what everyone went through in this global car crash called COVID. So I think the timing was very poignant. And I believe the conversation, even though it was in a movie, it's so real. And some of the best comments that we're getting, and even the writer-director, Lily Mata, is getting a lot of conversation from um, vets, from organizations that deal with PTSD, mental health, mental illness, because it just throws everything in front and it just opens up the conversation because it's not taboo anymore. So I feel the timing was very poignant and I know that was a long answer, but I feel it all worked together. I completely agree with you. It was PTSD and uh, some people are still getting over it. And, you know, fortunately for us, it wasn't tragic. Uh, none of the people that we knew uh, in the very close circle uh, actually passed away. But, you know, I did not have a job last year because my contract ended right as uh, the 2019 ended. And I'm an IT guy, so finding contracts is usually not a problem. I was not able to find one. So that whole year, uh, I basically was not working. In May, uh, as an outlet for any sort of creative uh, endeavor, I started this show. So I was able to utilize that free time instead of thinking about uh, what is happening in the world, I was able to talk to people. So as you alluded to, I reached out. I was able to have this way of communicating and I got a chance to speak to incredible people. And then my family and I all got COVID. And you know, dealing with that uh, drama of how that is going to affect your life. And me having bronchitis as a kid, the first question is, crap, you know, now now it's uh, it's uh, COVID and I have bronchitis. Does that mean that I'm about to die? So these types of things. And fortunately, again, this show helped me through it too because I had people to talk to. I was talking to people while I had COVID, right? So sure. it's it's a very traumatic experience that Absolutely. we will. I'm sorry, you. Yeah. I, listen, I, we're we're lucky. We're uh, we're definitely one of the lucky ones. We didn't have to go to the hospital, so it wasn't awful. It was scary for a couple of weeks, but it wasn't bad, and we we all went through it and we're fine. But the whole of 2020 and really going into the first part of 2021, it all was like you said, a car crash where everything was happening, and you just had to make your way through it and survive. So I agree with you 100%. You know, I want to say, first of all, I want to relate to you in regards to when you said that you and your family got COVID, mm -hmm. am I going to die? You know, I believe that everyone, I mean, 
600,000 people in this country have died. Am, am, I, am I correct? And just in this country, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, we just crossed oh, that uh, threshold, yeah. And it's, it's, it's tragic. And, you know, we lived our lives with masks and six feet away and, you know, cleaning our groceries, washing our hands. I mean, there were things that we all went into airplane crash landing position about, I don't want to die. What can I do when there's this level of, on the, on the ready, we all became survivors of, okay, this is what's happening. What are we going to do? How do I live? And going back to the movie, you know, I was fortunate to be on this great show a couple months ago, and uh, the host is a dear family friend of ours, and he said, what's the one thing about the movie? And I said, you know, we're all questioning our own mortality in this movie, but no, in the world, we have been questioning our mortality. You know, what is important? What isn't important? What do I do? What don't I do? You know, there's a lot of crap that I was hanging on to that I let go of because I was hanging on to it for what? And my world has become, I want to say, not I want to say smaller. It's become a lot more focused. Um, I've, if we, we've all been given a great moment to learn many, many lessons. And <clears throat> there was a level of, I believe, kindness, empathy, uh, love that we were giving out to so many people that we crossed. And, you know, I told you I was going to bring this up. I went to my Starbucks yesterday and there was a gentleman on the phone and he was a jackass because he wasn't talking to the barista. He was on his phone and was like, yeah, I want this and I want this and I want this. And I just, she looked at me and when I went up and I said, I'm going to first and foremost say thank you for him. And I said, how do you do it? And she said, it happens every day. It breaks my heart because here's the thing. Is you, we all, we are surviving the ramifications of a global pandemic. What are you doing? Put down your flipping phone, look at her and say, hey, how are you? Because she was here for a year making my coffee and giving me a blueberry scone. And I was this close to following him outside to just say, do you have any manners? Mm. She made your flipping coffee for a year and all of a sudden this is more important than that. And I truly, truly hope, because again, even involving the movie, there are these beautiful scenarios that just, you see lives change. And my life changed the day COVID hit, hit my home. And if I don't say, hey, how are you? If I don't say thank you and please, if I don't rush over and help that elderly woman or that young mom opening yep. the door, closing the door, doing whatever, I didn't learn a flipping thing. And that's on me. And that's, you know, I have been followed. I have been yelled at. You know, there's there's a Karen and there's a this at people because I in my moment and I'm I'm also not stupid, so I don't get into bad situations. But uh, you know what? You forgot. Thank you. And please. And a lot of the times people are so wrapped up in what they're doing. If we make it about somebody else. It's then about being kind, 
you feel better. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of like a self-manipulation. Hey, how are you? You then tell me your story. I now know that you've had COVID, your family survived. I feel that we're having an experience. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's a relationship that is forming. And I also feel better because I said, hey, how are you? Yeah. And that's, again, the, the, to me, what happened during COVID was a kind of a clarifying uh, instance for people where they went back to their base mode. And for some people, base mode is purely egotistical. For some people, base mode is love and helping others. And when we're in that environment, you know, mm-hmm. people were able to really hopefully look at themselves in the mirror and see themselves for what they are. And now that things are opening up, they're going to go back to, you know, what they used to be like and the homeostasis, if you will, uh, of the guy on the phone, because that's the way that he was before. And maybe he was saying thank you when he really appreciated it uh, six months ago, and he's not that guy anymore. So hopefully this was a, a catalyst uh, for some people to, uh, to really change. I know for me, uh, I believe it did, and it opened up uh, the areas that I needed to evolve uh, into. But a long time ago, and again, I, I grew up in Ukraine. So my parents, uh, from being a little kid, being on buses and uh, you know public transportation, you get up when you see a woman uh, and you offer her your seat. You open doors for people. So this is the way that I was uh, brought up. You're and brought I up. see, it's just, <laughs> I, I, I'm this way normally, and then I see people around me right here who are not, and they're gonna walk straight through you and not even look at you or say, I'm sorry. And I kind of stopped myself and saying, you know what? You can't judge people. You can't uh, want them to be something that they're not. Hopefully, they will change in some point. But I want to be like uh, what you were saying of saying, hey, you missed the thank you and a please. And uh, you should have uh, held that door open. But then I don't know if, if it's really going to make a difference. So you know, that's where I am. You know, I don't want to school. So, I mean, here's the thing. It's basically yeah. me saying, hey, you're wrong. I just believe, I truly just, I'll give you an example. I was flying uh, to, I was flying somewhere before COVID and uh, I was in Bulkhead and the stewardess was in a horrible mood and she was in just, wasn't pleasant. And busting, and here's, she was doing her job and yeah, sit there and sit there. And I looked and I said, excuse me, uh, Thank you, my seat's right here, great. And I said, how are you today? She said, I'm fine. And I said, who are you? She paused, she took a breath, and she said, I'm a cancer survivor, and it's it was October, and it's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and it's a hard month for me. And I said, I am so happy that you were here. Two times, how are you? And here's the thing is people, we kind of suck. You know, we get entitled, we get to put me here, put me there. And, you know, um, all these things that we do, and I am not saying I am perfect. I have moments where I miss the beat. I have an identical twin brother, Lawrence, and an older brother, Vincent. And because we have the same parents, we're on guard with each other. My older brother would be like, dude, I'm like, I got it. 
my twin brother will be like Gregory. And I, you know, I love that I, I love that I have that team with me that reminds me of the upbringing that we had, which we were brought up to be chivalrous gentlemen. You know, I have two nephews um, and my godchildren. Hey, you, you may want to help your mom do that. Nope, you are old enough to. And the parents and my older brother and his wife call me and say, thank you, because we are as good as we were taught. And, you know, it's, it doesn't take anything off of me to say thank you and please. It doesn't change who I am as a man. You know, I'm not the man that waits for someone to pick up my plate. I will get up and I will bust the table and take it into the kitchen because you or your family or somebody else decided to make me dinner. And if you say, no, 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 I got it, I will sneak around the other way and just offer, hey, can I help? It, it's just about being of kindness and it's about being of service and just, you know, uh, I have a, a guru, she's my yoga, she's my yogi and her name Francesca, and she throws this out in every practice leave footprints of kindness wherever you go. And it's not about, you know, it's not about these grandiose gestures, but she shared with me something and she shared with all of us once, you know, when you're, when you put your quarters in the meter and sometimes you have your credit card, but they still take coins. We all yep. walk past a row of, of meters. Put a, put a, put a, do you see a light flashing and the meter is expired for this car and you have an extra nickel by a quarter? or even if you pull out your credit card, you just save them $68 or however much it is, wherever you are, took nothing off of you. I have rolls of quarters in my car. And if I see somebody, I will pop it in. I don't leave a note because you, things like that have happened to me. So why wouldn't I pay it forward? That's, that's, Thankfully, you're out there and hopefully more people uh, like you are doing that because they, we all cry in these movies where we see people doing this. And yet there is a translation that somehow misses a lot of us from actually doing it in real life. So thank you for reminding uh, you know, me and the audience of what. My pleasure. But, but yeah. Alan, here's the thing. When people go, what do I get? You get the sensation of that you did something cool. I know. You know, and that's, you know, because it's, you know, backing up to the movie and bringing the movie, there are really beautiful moments of unsolicited kindness and gestures in this movie. And the reason why it's so poignant is I play an Israeli. The mm -hmm. lead actress portrays um, a woman from hate each other. And a lot of the, the movie is about what are they doing? What is their dance? Because, you know, the only thing I've ever experienced were when the Twin Towers came down. And New York holds my heart. So I was on the phone with my friends out there, and I remember going to a grocery store, and you didn't know who was next to you, in front of you, around you. And in this great moment, you're holding the hand of somebody you've never met. Shape, size, color, religion didn't mean a flipping thing all of a sudden it started meeting something. So this movie reminds us, reminds me, and that's why I'm so passionate and that's why I'm so grateful for Matt for me to get on platforms like yours to talk about it because 
we talk about mental health, we talk about being kind, we talk about PTSD, and even to the point of Alan gun violence. Over 100 people are shot every day, and it is now turning into this epidemic, which one day I don't want it to even go bigger than that. You know, over 230 people are shot every day in this country. Over 58% of all women that have been in relationship and domestic disputes and violence involved a flipping gun. So it's, what are we not doing? What are we not talking about? What are we, you know, supporting our vets? Over 30% of the vets from Vietnam, 10 to 20% of our veterans that serve today are suffering from a post-traumatic stress, PTSD. And we can all relate because we've all gone through it. So back again to what can we do? Ask questions. How are you? Be of service. And it's not about making money. It's about seeing a movie like mine. And I'm not, it's bigger than my movie, but it's just, you see people navigate and make different choices. And it's a colorful clack, um, cast of amazing, great actors and people that just wanted to tell this story that Lily, who's Lebanese, comes from a war-torn country, wanted to give to us. It's a gift. I've survived wars. We all have wars. What can we do to hear your story and survive? So it it's everything and anything. And it's one of the most intense journeys I've ever been on. Um, I want every, you know, people hate it because they support gun control. What about watching it and just understanding that people mercilessly die every day? Yeah because there's an assault rifle and they have no other voice than saying, I'm mad. Well, that's when you go to somebody and say, I'm angry and here's why. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be a much, uh, much higher emphasis on mental health. And I see things in legislature, I see the laws are starting to get changed <clears throat> to allow more of that, but there needs to be a lot more than that. And I am a gun owner, and uh, I have no issues with uh, gun owners. I have issues with anybody being able to go and buy a gun when they're not uh, themselves. I went to Ohio just to pick a state for no particular reason, just because I experienced this myself. I went to Ohio. I have relatives who live there. They can go to a gun store, and they can get a gun that moment, as long as they show their driver's license. In Illinois, they we cannot buy cigarettes. They can't buy alcohol, but you can buy a gun. And I know you, I, you, you, you respect the process of owning a gun. I, I completely understand somebody that is of sound mind. Under respect, it's it's a firearm. There's a respect behind it, just like you know. There's. Um, you know, in the and I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to quote it wrong, but you know, the samurai swords, and you have martial artists that are craftsmen in their skill. That the beautiful thing of that practice, like even in my yoga, but this that the practice is the respect of the practice. Uh, what we hear about every day, Colorado, Tampa, Los Angeles, everywhere is, it is now sport. It is now used for sport. And we are human beings that are not to be used in sport. I believe there was a purpose behind the Constitution and carrying a, a musket at the time. 
you know what I'm saying? And it's just more conversation. And I wish more people were like you that said, I have a gun. And this is, I, I respect it. There's not, an, there's not enough respect of it. And I feel that's why we are screaming about trying to change gun laws and at least have a conversation behind it. I agree. And I think the laws need to be changed. They need to be tightened. People need to get licenses in order to show that you can actually operate a firearm and you are of sound mind and body. And if you're pissed off at a coworker and you're going to a gun store, there is no fucking way that you should be allowed to buy a gun at that moment. Uh, it's just that's not how it should work. What the fuck are you doing? There's, you know, the whole story of this kid, and I'm not even talking politically, <clears throat> Kyle Rittenhouse, that took, yeah. I don't know if it's an assault rifle, but it took a gun and just randomly killed people on the street. And people are trying to, he took a gun as a teenager and shot people at a rally. What are you doing? You're a teenager. And since you and I are both from, I want to say, old school, you know, my mother was German, my father was Armenian. We were brought up old school. I want to feel the same conversation. It, is. it starts at home. Yeah. It, 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 somebody took an assault rifle, blew out windows in Las Vegas, massacred people. There is a problem. There was a problem in Orlando, Orlando, and and the backstory of yeah they got a gun they did this. What did you not? I'm a, was afraid of my child. I talk to your child, help your child. I am not a parent, but it's about a conversation, and we are not talking enough to change this. New Zealand, people were killed by guns. No one's been killed since that day. And I want to say, I think it is New Zealand. Like, it is New Zealand, isn't it? I, I or, believe so. Yeah. Or was it Australia? I think it's New Zealand. I, I think it's New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. But something happened and it changed. Yeah, and guess what? People are fine. I'm, by the way, me personally, if the laws change, I'm happy to give away my guns. I don't have that thing. You know, I'm, I'm the immigrant that came to this country and said, what an incredibly idiotic thing. And by the way, if you disagree with me, please feel free to uh, to put that in. But we have a fundamental right to own firearms and we do not have a fundamental right to healthcare. Really? What country are we in? Uh, so I I am, uh, to me, many things need to change. I love this country, but let's continue evolving with the times and actually helping each other out, so. And it goes back to what we're saying is it's just all about a conversation. You're an immigrant, I am the child of immigrants. And I was brought up as a guest in this country. My father, you know, my father became the most influential Armenian American politician in the country when he passed away. So it is the American dream, but there's a lot of shit that we're not looking at. And I believe that when the Twin Towers came down, there was a leveling of ego. There was like, okay, it happened on our soil. And now there's all this stuff that's happening here that it's it's turned into this pissing match about this side and that side. Stop. Let's just talk about it. And I do not believe it's gonna change unless somebody comes home one day and says, my child, my husband, my wife, my daughter, my grandmother was killed and it's in this arena 
unless it's at your front door, sometimes things don't change. I don't, want right. to see, I don't want to see it land on someone's front door. Let's talk about it now, you know, race, religion, color, size. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, it's a conversation, period. Yeah. Let's talk about it. We are human beings. We are born and we die. What do we do? And it has to, <laughs> and, and it has to be there. Uh, you know, two days ago, two days ago, my uh, my wife and my son were walking uh, near our home, and they found an injured bird. And they found an injured bird whose uh, you know neck was twisted, and we were all crying. And uh, they called animal control. My wife and son drove the uh, injured bird to uh, a place where they're helping her. But I was shook up. And then on the other hand. I am seeing all of these news bulletins about people being shot or people being killed. I react to this bird as a tragedy and I react to this as normalcy. That's not okay. It's not? That is not okay. We're, so, conditioned, we're conditioned now to believe, oh, how many people were shot today at, at FedEx? Who got pissed off because, you know, and it's just, and it goes to like a, a company like FedEx. You have human resources. You and I'm not pointing out FedEx, I'm just using FedEx. Here's, a year ago we were in shutdown. We are now in this world of talking about mental health, mental illness, addiction, PTSD. It is not private, it is not a secret, it is not this dirty shameful fact it is you know i i quit drinking 16 years ago i'm in this great program where i get to openly talk good bad ugly and i feel if everybody was in this group of where they feel they belong you know addiction Sex, gambling, money, alcohol, mm -hmm. drugs, all of it. An addiction. You find food. You know, people are addicted to coffee. You go to these programs and you just talk. And instead of having things boil up inside, you talk. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, last year during um, Black Lives Matter, I was lucky to be on this great series called Venice Series. It uh, beautifully garnered me an Emmy nomination and my character was bullied, so it talked about being bullied, and I got to really create this great platform of talking about bullying and addressing bullying. And during Black Lives Matter, I got to talk to the actor that won the year before. And he's this great guy named Terrence Terrell. Uh, he is in the progressive car insurance um, spots. He's Motar. He's that great looking guy, like I hate you. Um, and we talked, and I got him on, the, on an Instagram Live, and I just said, Let's just start off. You're black. I'm white. What do I what do I say? And he goes, I'm black. You're white. I'm like, great. And we really just talked about it. And he said, you know, your mom's German. Your dad's Armenian. You. He said, you know, in life, all of our houses sometimes are on fire. Today, it's my house. And I loved that. And he opened up the conversation. And I just said, now let's talk about the N word. And he said, I don't use it. And he really demystified so many things for me so that I would know and understand. The part about all of that in this is, 
I got these answers because I asked questions. I asked questions. You yep. know, you know, we we have we drop so many labels on so many things. You know, the show that I just said, Ben, then it's a series. It's the love story. Period. It happens to be about two women, but it's a love story. You know, we you know what I'm saying? There's there's so much labeling and so much addling. It's a beautiful love story. And when you start watching it, you're like, oh, it's about Annie and G. Oh, okay, and it doesn't matter. My, we suffer from adding labels to things because we want to be identified as this or identified as that. We are human beings. Yeah. We are born lovable and being loved and loving back. The only reason I feel that there is so much divide and so much cross-conversation is we're too afraid to ask questions. We're too afraid to say, hey, Hey, what's it like being Ukrainian in this country? You're in America. You are an immigrant. What's it like for you? How are you teaching your kid? Do you think Americans, you know, do you think we're polite? Because I don't know, being Ukrainian, you were brought up the same way with me. You say, thank you, and please, if you don't stand up, your ass is kicked. You know what I'm saying? And Pretty it's much. just a conversation. The, these are conversations worth having. Absolutely. Um, and it should be everywhere. I, you know, Birdcage. Birdcage was an incredible love story. Do I, and again, I have many uh, friends who are LGBTQ, so, you know, I have no issues with any of that anyway, but Birdcage, yeah, Birdcage was an incredible love story. It was incredible, uh, just its sweetness and heart and I didn't care that it was two men. What's the difference? It's a love story. So from that perspective, it was great. And then the uh, the black and white aspect. I um, I had some. I had a gentleman uh, whose name will come to me in a second. Who uh, who's one of the regulars on Last Man Standing, uh, Jonathan Adams. And um, the Last Man Standing, they did such a fabulous job of Tim Allen's character and Jonathan Adams' character basically addressing, hey, I'm white, you're black, and they just went right through it and they became uh, close friends because they opened up and they started talking about the stuff that bothers them and the stupid stereotypes. And it became a true friendship because of that. I actually tried to do that in real life <laughs> where it mostly succeeded, not exactly uh, because I, I met some strangers who were sitting next to us at a table and I made an assumption and then I left at myself with the assumption and they just brought it up to them. So I don't know if they were okay with it or not, but I felt better. It was a conversation. So yeah, anyway, uh, it's a conversation. Right. People are so afraid to talk and talk. What is this for you? How is it? How is it? Don't know unless you ask. Unless you ask. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I think I'm hoping that most people will realize because there are three stages to life, and two of them are short, and one of them is the longest one. You're being a kid, you're being yourself, you love the world, you just want to express yourself, and you're not worried about social standards. When you're older, you could care less what people think of you or say about you, you're being yourself. And then we spend most of our life trying to conform and trying to say, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do that, or how will people react? Who cares? Be yourself. You know, don't be a dick, but be yourself. Have these conversations that uh, Gregory is talking about. 
you and the whole world will be better because of it. It's true. I don't. I tell my I tell my nephews all the time <laughs> because I was bullied. Uh, and for anybody that's feeling bullied, there are places yeah. you can go. Uh, Readalove.org, uh, the Trevor Project. Uh, if you are questioning your sexuality or who you are and the big conversation about he, she, they, binary, cis, all of it. If you don't understand it, ask questions. But if you are by yourself, sitting alone in your room, on your computer, on your phone, or whatever, and somebody is bullying you, get up, walk away, close the computer, talk to your parents, talk to your partner, talk to anybody. You are not alone. And here's the one thing about the beauty of everything that we went through last year because we lived so much on the computer. There are these amazing places you can go to to find somebody that feels the same like you. It's not, you are not alone in this world. Um, and this organization, Free to Love, is all about anti-bullying, self-acceptance. Um, it's called Free to Love. And if we can't love ourselves first, as RuPaul, if you can't, if I, if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? And it's true. And there's, there's fear in not knowing. However, however, there's freedom in discovering. And just reach out. There's somebody 24/7, um, free to love 24/7, the Trevor Project. And for anybody that is suffering from any type of addiction. Um, there are places you can go. Please, somebody reaches out to you after we're done and says, hey, I'm struggling with this or that. Please um, find me because it's the best ticket in town because all we're doing is talking and we are realizing that we are not alone and that we are going through this together. And in the full circle sphere of all of it, there were 10 people that were held at gunpoint in 86 Melrose Avenue. and they were strangers. They were strangers. And they have the story to tell. And, you know, you end up fighting for these 10 people. And it, it's it's a thrill ride. And it's tons of questions. And it's tons of diving into what's going to happen next. Um, it's so intense. It's uncomfortable. However, it's something that I feel we all need to spend an hour and a half looking at because then it makes us more empathetic to the person next to us. And the story of, well, she's Lebanese and I'm Israeli. We can't, I can't, I can't help her. Bullshit. That's bullshit. And if we let all of that go, we are just a human being having a human experience. And hopefully we are making this world a better place one person at a time yeah i agree i i I had a lesson of that just a short story Uh, i had a lesson of that a few days ago i went to a ups store and i had a couple of packages and you know one of them i didn't uh, package up she said well the the uh, lady at the counter she said well normally i would charge you a dollar for this but you're doing your second package so uh, i'm not going to charge you thank you then when we got to the second package, we figured out that it was not um, it was cheaper to go through U.S. Postal Service than UPS. So I took the package and I went somewhere else. And before leaving, I said, "Hey, 
I'm, should I, do you want me to pay you the dollar uh, because, you know, I didn't do the second package from you? And she looked at me and said, no, hon, we're all in this together. And that's come on. Right? It's come a stranger. On. Yeah. Come on, I don't. And let me just say this too. When you go to the flipping post office, people, yeah. put, put your pen back in the folder. Um, if you pull out a few extra certified letters, put them back. I don't. I go to my post office, and when I wait in line, um, I put stuff in the slots where it says international doing this. I put the pens back. I, you know, if I'm, I use the hand sanitizer afterwards because I'm just now accustomed to doing it. But they've been there for a year. Say hi to the trash guy. Say hi to. Uh, the male, the male woman comes to my house. I run in and I run out and I bring her a bottle of water. It's no sweat off my back. You're delivering me my mail for a year. You were busting your butt, wearing a mask, touching everybody's packages. Really? I can't run inside to get you a glass of water or a bottle of water? Come on, people. And it's just small. It's leaving but prince of kindness wherever you go. And the greatest thing is you may never see any of these people again. You may not, I may, you know what I'm saying? It's just, and it's not about money and it's not about these grand acts. It's as simple as letting somebody walk in front of you. It's as simple as, you know, if you're looking at a bunch of flowers and, you know, there's a mom holding a kid and she's looking at the same, you're fine. Let her, you know what I'm saying? And also being empathetic, you have no idea what somebody else is going through. Hi, how are yeah. you? How are you? And we can all make a difference in the many ways that we can. And it can be as simple as just a silent wish of, I hope you have a great day. Thank you and please. Well, thank story. you so much. Yeah, thank you, Greg. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing this. Everybody, please go and watch the movie. And uh, get in touch with Greg, follow him. We'll have all the links right below. Be kind to one another. We really all are in this together. And all of us are dealing with our own problems. Just be kind. How do you, how do you say thank you in Ukrainian? Um, in Ukrainian, again, my the, the native uh, tongue where I was born, it was Russian, which is oh, spasiba. Oh, spasiba. In, in Ukraine, Russian. Oh, wait, how do you say Ukraine, how do you say I love you? In Russian? Ya tibia lublu. Ya tibia lublu. Yeah, there you go. Um, in Ukrainian, by the way, the uh, the thank you would be similar to Polish, which is dziakuju. 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 Okay, in German? Vielen Dank. I speak German. So, vielen Dank für den Zeit or Dankeschön. And in Armenian, um, Armenian, it's Schnorregalem. Schnorregalem. Beautiful. Well, uh, thank you to all of you watching in all of your languages, and we love you in your language. Um, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to Gregory for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.